Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. It is 7.02 on this Tuesday, August the 31st, and quite a show we have scheduled for you today. Tons of information about uh, Wildcat football news and notes as we uh, get ready to lead into this Saturday's game against BYU in Las Vegas. We'll have some football uh, news as well coming up in the NFL as roster cuts have to get down to 53 today. And uh, at 1 o'clock uh, local time here, as uh, there have already been some cuts made last night. Uh, I've seen some players tweeting on uh, on Twitter and such, you know, kind of like not saying I got cut today, but it's like the, the tweet is like, uh, you know, appreciate the opportunity, y'all, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, this isn't the end. It's only the beginning. And one door closes, another one opens, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll go through. Some of those as uh, as they start to pour pour in here, um, I know that uh, that I saw a tweet this morning that came across last night, like later last night, that cornerback Malcolm Butler of the Arizona Cardinals uh, something has has come up, and apparently he's mulling retirement all of a sudden, debating some type of a uh, a personal situation, a personal issue that he's having, and that he's mulling retirement. So. That would certainly change things and shake things up on the Arizona Cardinals' defensive depth chart, and we'll keep a closer eye on that. And, of course, we'll, we're going to talk with uh, Tyler Drake later on this week, uh, maybe on Friday, Thursday or Friday, we'll talk with, uh, with Tyler um, about what this Cardinal 53-man looks like and what we can expect out of the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I mean, it was, uh, Chandler Jones was, was very, very quiet. He wasn't, you know, he was present at camp but wasn't all that active. Um, and uh, there's you know some interesting stories coming out of uh, out of Cardinal Camp in Glendale, and it'll be interesting to see kind of what you know what comes about um, of you know of what's going on in Arizona. Look, I, I don't I don't have the optimism that a lot of people have for the Arizona Cardinals team this season. Uh, they just you know as talented as they are, I think they're hamstrung by. Uh, a head coach who just is is over his skis at this point. I don't think that that uh, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, he he brought they, they brought him in here to to play the you know the uh, you know the spread gun and shoot you know type offense and you know where they're slinging the ball downfield and what they've turned into is a ball control you know kind of misdirection type offense that isn't really befitting of Kyler Murray's talents. It's kind of a weird look for for the offense and Cliff Kingsbury, and I just don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know how long Cliff Kingsbury is going to last. I think that, and, and I, you know, I'm on record as saying this. I do believe that Kingsbury and General Manager Steve Kime are attached at the hip. If one goes, the other one goes. So the 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 general manager may be very, um, I, I guess, uh, have a very long leash on his on his head coach because. I believe that he also knows that uh, if he has to fire the head coach after all that's gone on in Arizona with the with Steve Kime 
over the years, the, the, uh, the multiple DUIs, uh, the failed drafts, the failed head coaching hires, the, uh, the, you know, they were essentially the first team to draft two quarterbacks in the first round in back-to-back years. You know, they, they, they trade up to draft Josh Rosen, which they thought was the best, uh, the best opportunity for their team to get a, a franchise quarterback, move up to number 10, realize he's trash, doesn't want to play football, doesn't like the game, doesn't care, uh, and then therefore they have to essentially tank the season, go after the number one pick, and then they draft Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a really bad look for a GM who's had a tumultuous career and is barely hanging on by a thread, reaches out, goes and gets a, a head coach from the college ranks who has a losing record in his career and brings him in, and it's like, well, okay, well, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. We're going to draft Kyler Murray. We're going to have wide receivers. We're going to sling the ball all over the field, and then they run the ball 29 times a game. It's, it's just like, you know, what, what, are you, what are you doing? So, again, I believe that, that – I don't think that Kingsbury – I mean, he may be the first coach fired because – I can't think of any other coaches that are going to be fired during the season. Like I, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of coaches uh, that are that are underwhelming right now, that are kind of at the end of their rope. Let's say, now John Gruden. You can say John Gruden in Las Vegas is at the end of his rope, but uh, I mean, how, is he really? Like, I mean, he and Mike Mayock are buddies, and you know, of course, Mark Davis is going to hang on to his his buddy, uh, you know, John Gruden as well. You know, I think he likes having John as his head coach. And even though Gruden hasn't been very successful, they've got an opportunity to be successful this year. I don't think they're going to be. I think there are at least two better teams in that division or maybe a third better team in that division, depending on if the quarterback situation in Denver gets any better. But, you know, Las Vegas, I think, is one of those where they've underperformed, but they've got a coach who's been there for a while that I don't think is going anywhere because the loyalties for Chucky are huge in in that organization, and I don't think they'll be ready to get rid of him quite yet. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. Maybe maybe John Gruden just says, look, it's just not for me. I, you know, I, I came back into this thinking that uh, it was going to be right, and uh, in reality I should have just stayed away. Who, who knows? But other than that, I mean, I, you, you go through the list of coaches out there. You look at the teams. The teams that are really kind of – expected to be bad this year or all, all have rookie coaches. You know, and I, I think that, you know, when, when it all, when all boils down to it, I think that Cliff Kingsbury is kind of like the obvious choice, a really talented team could finish fourth in the division this year, depending on, you know, how injuries and things like that play out. Uh, you know, a really boring looking offense when you could have had, you know, this real dynamic and look, I'm just going off of what we've seen in the preseason so far, maybe, Maybe the preseason was a complete farce, and they ran a bunch of plays that they just threw out, uh, you know, just, just threw in the trash as soon as the as soon as the preseason ended, as soon as their preseason was over, and the real playbook gets instituted, you know, between now and and uh, and game one. I don't know, I doubt it. I don't think I've ever seen a team do that before. So, Cliff Kingsbury in uh, in a little bit of uh, hot water. They've got to get off to a hot start. We'll talk about the Cardinals. We'll also get into some coaching tier stuff, NFL coaching tier stuff, as far as like ranking the coaches where you know where I believe they are. I, I don't know if we'll get. We'll try to get to it today. I've got it. I've got it prepped. I just don't. I don't. I'm not sure if we're going to get to it today. <laughs> I got a lot of other stuff going on. Yes, I'm even going to talk some tennis today, and I'm going to talk tennis for the specific reason of telling you why I don't talk tennis on my radio show. We'll talk about that coming up 
a little bit later on as well. We'll have some MLB news and notes. I have an opinion on the New York Mets player situation with the thumbs down. I didn't express it yesterday. We didn't really have time yesterday. Yesterday was uh, just completely packed with other stuff, and with only two hours, you know, I've only got so much time, and I do love to talk a lot. So (laughs) there was that. Uh, But I felt like the – in deciding between which story I was going to talk about, I felt like the Bishop Sycamore story was going to be more mercurial than was the Javi Baez and uh, New York Mets story. And, of course, we did discuss that Bishop Sycamore story yesterday, which then just absolutely blew up uh, in the sports world yesterday. Everybody was talking about it yesterday. I was getting <laughs> – it's so funny. Like, so, like some of my friends, they, like, they know I do a radio show. They know I do that. But they live up in Phoenix, so they don't get a chance to listen or they don't care because they don't want to – you know, they hear my, my voice enough as it is. They don't care about listening to my show. That's fine. They, they'll text me things like throughout the day, like jokes, like, like oh, I, you know, I've, I've accepted a position as the uh, defensive coordinator for uh, a new high school in Ohio called Bishop Sycamore. They're going to be playing on ESPN, playing a top-ranked schedule. I'm really excited about the opportunity. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I saw the story. I, like, I do it for a living. Yeah, I don't, did you see that story? Yeah, yeah, it did. It's, you know. It's a pretty popular story right now. I talked about it for 15 minutes on my show this morning. You should tune in. <laughs> That's just a, a crazy story, and it you know it, it, it it's fun to read about all the different opinions that people have in regards to that Bishop Sycamore story. And I think you know what the prevailing uh, the prevailing thought is is basically what I shared with y'all yesterday that this fraudulent behavior is dangerous to the students, dangerous to those young athletes, uh, and and much more concerning than anything else. A lot of people want to talk about how ESPN got duped and they didn't do their research and what a surprise and it should have been. It must have been Mark Schlebaugh who was heading up the investigation on that particular uh, on uh, you know that particular team and whether they put them on the air. So like all that kind of funny stuff was involved. And yes, I, I think everybody has noted that there's one glaring story missing from all of the ESPN uh, websites, their airwaves, whether it be TV or radio. Nobody on ESPN is talking about it, which is not a surprise because it's egg on their face. I mean, huge, huge amount of egg on the face right now for everybody involved, uh, specifically Paragon Marketing, who is in charge of vetting out these teams and making these games and, and marketing and promoting these games for ESPN to put on TV. Uh, big, big problem there. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, the story that we talked about yesterday, I won't talk about it anymore today. We've, we've been there, done that, and I think um, I got my point across. And, yeah, let's just let's see what happens now with the fraudulent coach, the, the people that are all in, you know, in place there uh, that, are, that are handling that situation, that are putting those young men at risk, playing multiple games in a week against opponents they have no business being on the same field as. It's just it's, – it's, it's gross, it's embarrassing, it's disgusting, it's dangerous, and uh, it needs to be dealt with. But I will talk about the Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor, Kevin Pillar instituting the thumbs-down reaction to the fans. I definitely have an opinion on that, and uh, we'll talk about that coming up throughout the show as well. Um, we have other Major League Baseball standings and news, things like that, coming to the, uh, the NL West as the NL West race has tightened up. The San Francisco Giants having some pitching problems. Had to send two more pitchers to the injured list. Johnny Cueto with a cold. 
and uh, getting wood with the um, uh, with uh, got, went into COVID protocol. So there's that. Kevin Gossman has been struggling a little bit uh, as of late. So the Giants kind of you, you know you know in a in a bad time in their in their schedule. They 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 lost two out of three of the Braves and they lose last night to the Brewers. They're the two really good baseball teams, and uh, you know Giants are a great baseball team as well. The uh, the Dodgers get within a game and a half as they uh, were able to close out the Braves in a close one last night. Had two on in the bottom of the or top of the ninth, and uh, Dodgers able to, to close that one out. So interesting race heating up again in the National League West. We'll talk about that and other races in Major League Baseball as well. We'll begin talking about some Wildcat football news and notes. There was of course the press conference that uh, the Jetfish had. Talked with the media. I uh, watched the press conference. Good lengthy press conference. I thought uh, Jed did a lot of things, you know, mentioned a lot of things that needed to be mentioned. The media actually, uh, Tucson Media did a good job asking questions. There were some really good questions asked in that uh, in that press conference. I thought one of the best questions asked uh, was by our own Justin Spears when he asked Jed Fish, uh, you know, what coaches have you called? This is going to be your first time being a head coach. Who have you called? Who have you contacted? Obviously your friends and you've been in the business a long time. Who have you talked to? Who have you gone to for guidance, for you know, for uh, for any type of tips or anything like that? And you know, Jed Fish laid it out and uh, talked about you know, the people that he contacted. He talk, contacted Vic Fangio, who he's he's close with, Josh McDaniels, of course, the offensive coordinator in New England. So, you know, he he talked about some of the guys that he reached out to, just more. And he said they just had more personal conversation than anything, which is probably a good thing. You need to have. Like those coaches don't need to be involved in the, the coaching aspect. Like they're they're not coaching Jed Fish on how to coach. They're going to help Jed Fish cope with everything else that's outside of the game. Everything else outside of the preparation for the game. You know, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. Uh, you know, there are little things that are going to come up. You know, players will approach you the day before the game and say they don't think they've got it, or or they're superstitious, or you know, things like that. I mean, all the things you deal with as a coach. You, I, I, you know, I've heard. A bunch of weird stuff, man, dealing with players. Um, people just get weird thoughts in their heads. And, uh, yeah, you just never know what's, uh, what surprise is waiting around the corner. Um, <laughs> as as is customary here, of course, with sports news and my show ending at 9 a.m. every single morning because at 9.01, or actually it was like 9 o'clock and 30 seconds, literally, when Arizona announced, officially announced, Arizona football officially announced, that Jalen Harris, defensive end, had also earned the number one jersey for the Arizona football team this year. We talked about Stanley Berryhill earning it for the offense. They didn't announce a defensive player. They just announced Stanley Berryhill. And so I was like, okay, well, they're just going to give out one. That's cool. They're, you know, Only one player is going to have the number one jersey. Stanley Berryhill stood out. Good for him. You know, he's earned it. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think that, you know, that was, a, that was an excellent choice. Obviously, talked about it yesterday. And then, 30 seconds after my show ended, they were like, Jalen Harris, number one. Uh, oh, boy, here we go. Missed that one. Uh, so, yeah, Jalen Harris. Look, I talked about Jalen on the show yesterday, and I felt like, you know, as a captain and as somebody who had a huge impact on this team, not only in his tenure here at Arizona, but in this offseason, and I really do believe that he is going to be one of the players that has a breakout season for Arizona. I joined Spears and Ali yesterday. They, uh, I went on the show yesterday at, uh, at 3.30 to talk with them about Wildcat football. And one of the questions they asked me was, you know, who are the two players that are going to be most important for Arizona this year on both sides of the ball? And for offense, I said Tavian Cunningham. I said I'm really excited to see his growth 
And anytime you have the fastest player on the field at any given time, there's lightning in a bottle waiting to happen. There's, there's lightning waiting to strike, right? You have somebody that fast that can run that fast in a straight line is going to give teams something to think about every time he lines up, whether it's in the slot, outside the numbers, they motion him. There's going to be problems out there. So uh, I'm really excited about Tavian Cunningham now playing wide receiver. He's not just a fast guy that you can get the ball to anymore. He actually now can play wide receiver, which has been incredible growth for him and vital for Arizona's offense. And on defense, I said it's Jalen Harris. It feels like forever since Arizona has had a, a worthy pass rush. And, you know, they, they've, they've, had some, they've had some good players. And, of course, if you go back to the Stoops era with Brooks Reed, and, you know, they had, they had some good pass rushes back then as well. But it seems like forever since Arizona's had a really good, potent pass rush. And Jalen Harris is going to be that dude this year. He, he's, he's wreaked havoc on this offensive line during the offseason, and I don't think that the offensive line is garbage. This is a, this is a very good offensive line. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, I think they play very well as a unit, especially the left side of that offensive line works really well. And Jalen Harris has owned them this preseason. It, it just He's been a one-man wrecking crew. And Don Brown knows how to put players of his talent and uh, of, of, any, of any talent and skill level in a position to succeed. That's what he does best because he's been around long enough to recognize where guys can do the most damage, where they can be the most disruptive, where they can get off and have their game catered to their style. Jalen Harris is going to benefit greatly from having Don Brown as his defensive coordinator, and I think we're going to see that right away uh, with Jalen Harris. He, he has earned that number one jersey not only by his work ethic on the field but things that he's done off the field. He's graduated, kept his GPA up, and, uh, and we're very proud of Jalen and uh, happy to have him. Now it's interesting because he vacates his dad's number. Of course, you know, Sean wore number 49, there's another Harris legacy on the team now that transferred here from Colorado. Does Jason now move to that number 49 jersey? That'd be cool to see. I think it'd be great to see Jason carry on the legacy of that next Harris to wear the number 49. Really cool stuff. And uh, I'm hoping that we that we do actually get to see that because uh, I love legacy stuff. I, I just I kind I kind of geek out over, it, especially with a player that had the impact of Sean Harris uh, in this in this program. And uh, you hope to see that uh, that that legacy carries on. Check out NFL Cover 2 every weekday afternoon with Spears and Ali. They cover all the latest NFL news. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company is Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona. When we return, Jed Fish talks about champagne problems. Next, here on the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, 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 the world of sports news just continues to turn and churn. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take a break from the Wildcat news for a moment because we're going to discuss this right now, like right here, right now. As I have a little egg on my face this morning now because yesterday... Just yesterday, and the, the whole the whole off season, I've been saying the whole preseason, I've been saying that I would be really surprised to the to the point of saying I would be shocked if Bill Belichick started a rookie quarterback. He doesn't start rookie quarterbacks. He eats rookie quarterbacks for breakfast. He doesn't like rookie quarterbacks. He doesn't play rookie quarterbacks. Having Mac Jones on the team was just for him to sit and watch for a year and then take over. Well, things apparently have changed for the 69-year-old Belichick over the years because 
Mac Jones is going to be the starter. Do you know how I know that? Because Cam Newton has been cut from the New England Patriots. Yes. Not set to the bench. Cam Newton will not be the backup to Mac Jones in New England this year. Cam Newton has been cut from the New England Patriots. This <laughs> this sheds even more light on the problems that were going on in camp with the uh, with with the the COVID restriction on Cam Newton leaving the facility. Look, this is <laughs> you know it's funny. The more the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I feel foolish right now for for not have seen this seen this coming. You do not create distractions on Bill Belichick's football team and continue to play for Bill Belichick. You just don't. You do not get that opportunity to continue if you are a distraction for the team. He just simply won't have it. Cam Newton was a distraction for five days and was cut this morning. So the Patriots now, with Brian Hoyer as their backup, will go into this season with a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, at the helm, pulling the trigger. Now, I talked yesterday because I watched Mac Jones and I felt like his command of the huddle was really, really good. And I felt that the team moved the ball better when he was on the field. But I also attributed that to the fact that they had given him, Josh McDaniels had given him a much bigger portion of the playbook. Whereas with Cam, they were running like, I mean, not, I'm not kidding, like eight different plays, like the entire preseason. Cam Newton didn't run the ball at all. Uh, and, you know, his, his, the offensive, it was some completely vanilla. So that was a huge part of it, in my opinion. But apparently it was good enough for Mac Jones to, uh, to convince Bill Belichick to start him. I, I can't believe that he cut Cam Newton, though. I mean – this is this is a major surprise. Jim McBride of the Boston Globe was the first to report it. As the uh, players, are, of course, are, are the teams are cutting their rosters down to 53 today. It's a four four o'clock Eastern deadline, one o'clock local. There was, you know, obviously plenty of intrigue into who was going to be the starting quarterback. Again, I I just felt like all along that there was no way a a, a, a you know a, a leopard doesn't change its spots, right? Leopard never changed his spots. Bill Belichick doesn't start rookie quarterbacks, doesn't like playing rookies, period. They're just undisciplined. They're not ready. (laughs) But holy smokes, uh, to start a rookie and to cut Cam Newton, I'm I'm just – I'm flabbergasted. Like, I got the news. Like, it came across across the wire um, just as I was was going to break in the uh, the previous segment. And there it is. Wow. 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 I am uh, I am really really shocked. So we'll see now what happens with Cam Newton. I mean obviously there are going to be teams out there uh, you know as far as the, the the waiver wire goes bringing Cam Newton in to to get a look at him. I don't know who's first up on the waiver wire who gets first dibs, but I can imagine they're going to give Cam Newton a look if they're a team that is struggling with what they're going to do. Maybe it's the Houston Texans uh I don't, I don't know. But, geez, that was uh, that was unexpected. That was really props to you, Bill Belichick. Props to you, sir, for uh, <laughs> for creating this storm this morning. I can't believe he cut him. That's just it's. But it's so Bill Belichick, right? Like I, I'm sitting here, like I'm like, 
I'm surprised, but then I'm like, no, you should have seen this coming, man. Were you an idiot? <laughs> that's that's exactly what Bill Belichick would do. Oh, you're going to create a distraction on my team? I'm going to go ahead and cut you. We're on to Cincinnati. I mean, that's 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 what he does. I just didn't think it was that big of a distraction. I guess apparently it was a much bigger distraction than than uh, than I thought, at least. Maybe some people thought it was it was a much worse distraction. I felt like it was being overplayed by the media a little bit, but uh, apparently not. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong there. Listen, I like Mac Jones. I thought Mac. Jo- I if I had a vote. If I had a vote that counted, let's put it that way. If I had a vote that counted for the Heisman Trophy, I would have voted Mac Jones number one. I did vote Mac Jones number one in my college football group that I'm a part of. And we do this, you know, it's it's nerdy stuff that we do every year where we, uh, you know, we, we do bowl predictions and we do all this other stuff. We do Heisman predictions. And then at the end of the year, we do our big bonanza where we picked every game and blah, 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 blah. And we all submit our Heisman's one through three, and Mac Jones was my number one. I, I, I just feel like the guy who broke the SEC record, or, you know, led the offense in the SEC record for scoring, and, yes, he had a lot of talent around him, and Devontae Smith is certainly, you know, deserving of a Heisman trophy. So was Najee Harris. So, you know, all those guys, uh, you know, on that offense worked in concert. It was because of Mac Jones. I mean, he, 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 the guy was absolutely incredible to watch him play. I did not think he would be the starting quarterback for New England in week one. Thought there was no chance of that. Maybe week six, but not week one. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's that's intense. So, Cam Newton now on the open market. Who needs a quarterback? Who needs a former MVP with a career 52% completion percentage whose wheels aren't as good as they used to be and apparently – is a uh, is a bad teammate. I don't know if you're if you're on the side of uh, you know needing a vaccination requires you to you know or uh, being a good teammate requires you to get a vaccination. Then uh, I guess you would consider Cam Newton a bad teammate. Hey, fantasy GMs, yeah, fantasy GMs, not real GMs. Real GMs right now are kind of scrambling. Can we use Cam Newton? But fantasy GMs can play for millions of dollars in cash prizes because FanDuel is now officially live in the state of Arizona. Best of all. We're giving all new customers, FanDuel is, $100 in site credit to get you started. So you're going to get $25 right now for fantasy, plus another $75 when you pre-register for the sportsbook, because the sportsbook's coming too, right? September, uh, it's just a few, the, the, the sportsbook goes live in a few days. There are tons of daily contests to choose from for players of all skill levels, and even like me, at the very lowest of skill levels for fantasy, there's free to play. There's snake drafts, salary cap contests, and so much more. Building your lineup is fun. It's exciting. I took part over the weekend. I had a blast doing it. And when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. I don't expect to be winning too much, but I'm going to try. And Arizona, this is, look, this is what we've been waiting for. Download the fantasy, uh, FanDuel Fantasy app today to start playing for real, real cash prizes. And when you do, be sure to use the promo code DEAN. That's D-E-A-N. You're going to get $100 in site credit. $100 in site credit by using the promo code DEAN. That's D-E-A-N, exclusively on FanDuel. Must be 21 plus and present in Arizona. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Arizona. $100 site credit is offered as a $75 sports book and $25 on Fantasy. Unique user identification is required. 
Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. More football and champagne problems for Jed Fish next on the Jeff Dean Show. It's ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. I'm still like, what, what just happened? Like it's, it would be one thing for for Belichick to say, we're you know we're gonna start camp, we're gonna start Mac Mac Jones. He showed us that uh, during the last week in his reps with the ones that he was better prepared to lead us into week one of the season. Yada yada yada. But hey, just to give Cam Newton his outright release. Bye. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. I do, I do love me some Bill Belichick, man. I really do. I know a lot of people just dislike that cuss, but man, I I, I uh, I'm a big fan. I really am. Big fan of Bill Belichick. I need to find out how he does his sleep thing, though. Like he does. Did you ever hear about this? He 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 was talking to some special forces, like some some U.S. special forces, and he detailed to them how you can get the equivalent of four hours of sleep in just 45 minutes. It says that's how he that's how he does it. He takes two 45-minute naps a day and gets his eight hours of sleep, but he's able to work for like 22 hours. That's insane. I need that, though, because I'm working like 19-hour days right now, and it's starting to wear on me, just to be honest. Jed Fish in his um, in his presence. Yeah, we will get back to Wildcat football. There's a lot going on in the NFL right now, but we're going to talk some Wildcat football. Jed Fish uh, discussed champagne problems during his press conference uh, over the uh, or yesterday, talking about the the champagne problems. And, and when asked a question, I don't remember who it was that that had asked him the question, um, but it was basically like the question was, let, let, you know, let's have a hypothetical here. Let's let's say that Gunnar Cruz goes out there and leads the Wildcats on consecutive touchdown uh, series to, to, to be in the game. Then uh, Jed Fish said, then they will continue to play. Because what you, have there, what you have there is you have a champagne problem where you, you, know, you have the luxury of changing your mind on the fly because one of your quarterbacks has now shown that they can just take the team right down the field and score. So... Um, I thought that was kind of funny. He used the the the, uh, the term champagne problem. I haven't heard that in in quite some time. Uh, so props to Jed Fish for pulling out the champagne problem reference. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but it's just like, okay, well, what if let's just let's just say, for instance, okay, let's this is completely hypothetical. I just a disclaimer here. I do not believe this is what's going to happen on Saturday. This is a hypothetical. This is a uh, this is a fantasy, if you will. Let's just say that Gunnar Cruz goes out there against BYU on Saturday. Wildcats are up fourteen nothing in their first two series, or 14-3, 14-7, whatever. Okay, first two series, they're up. They score two touchdowns. What's to say that Will Plummer doesn't go in there and lead them on a touchdown drive the next series? I mean, I mean, don't you doesn't hasn't that guy earned the opportunity? That's the way that you went into this. It went into this season. You said. Both guys are going to be able to get to play because neither of them separated themselves from one another in the in the uh, in the camp. So, wouldn't that require you to take a look at what Will Plummer is going to do in game situations as well? 
What if what if this Wildcat offense is just the juggernaut that scores 41 points a game this year, and it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback because they got an offensive line who owns the trenches and wide receivers running all over the field and making catches and plays and running backs who get into you know you know are able to find space and get into the second level and don't fumble and I mean all all these you know great things that you could expect out of an offense. What if it's just that good? It's not. I'm just saying. What if? Um, so I get it. I, I you know I understand what where Coach Fish is going with that. Uh, you know if if it's not broke, don't fix it, kind of thing. And I, look, I'm all for that. But I think if if you're talking about the first two series of the season, and again, this was a completely hypothetical setup question. Like it was, uh, you know, I don't know. Not a really legit question, but I think it's it's fair enough to ask it. You just, you know, sure, you, you would ride the hot hand. You would say, well, I'm sorry. I, I think you would understand right now that we've scored two touchdowns in two series with Gunner. We're going to stick with him until something happens or, you know, something something breaks down or maybe we can start you in the second half or whatever. I, I can understand where his thinking is. We're going to go with the hot hand. We've just scored two touchdowns. We're not going to break rhythm. Maybe we have found our starting quarterback. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was an interesting take to that particular hypothetical slash question. He also detailed did Jed Fish in his press conference the attention that the program has given to help avoid COVID related interruptions. Now, according to Jed Fish and the staff, uh, the program is one hundred percent vaccinated. They are one hundred percent, whether it be players, staff, basically everybody in the football building, in the football program, has been vaccinated. He said, we're certainly very COVID-aware as a program. We made vaccinations an enormous priority because, as previously mentioned, non-vaccinated teams are at a competitive disadvantage in the Pac-12, in the NFL, because if you do happen to have uh, a breakout with non-vaccinated players and you can't play the game, you're going to forfeit that game. It's a loss. It's an L. And you don't get paid. So Arizona is doing the best that they can to ensure the fact that they are they are being proactive. They have all the guys vaccinated. So Arizona has basically assured themselves that they will not lose a game this year via forfeit. So that was very important for, for Jed Fish and the staff, and I think it's important too. You cannot go into a season at a competitive disadvantage, especially when you're trying to rebuild a program in the middle of a 12-game losing streak, yada, yada, yada. He said, we also understand that there's breakthrough cases and that COVID is a real deal that we have to make sure that we don't lose guys to. So we let them know that every day is a game. Every day is a competition. You're competing against BYU. You're competing against the rest of the country. Are they going to get COVID? Are you going to get COVID? Are you going to be able to avoid getting sick? Are you going to be able to avoid missing time? He said, with that comes every decision you make. It's really important for us to make smart decisions and wise decisions so that we don't run into a problem where we lose guys because of a Friday night out or a Saturday night out. So he made uh, he made COVID uh, protocol a priority as far as the players continuing their social distancing, making sure they're making smart choices. And when asked how they're going to interact on the road, he said that players are going to interact with their team. They're going to be very strict about that, uh, that most of the time in Las Vegas will be spent as a team, isolated from almost everybody. Fish also said that there would be 80 players making the trip to Las Vegas. One of them obviously will not be Jamari Joyner, at least not dressed, uh, because he has the, the foot, he's still recovering from foot surgery. 
They're hoping to have him back by the time the Oregon game rolls around. It surely would be nice to have him because, obviously, being one of the top wide receivers on the team, just a great athlete and a team leader and a great guy to be around. Uh, you know, they want, they want Jamari to be on that field. They want him dressed out. Now, one of the interesting things that I saw yesterday was a depth chart that was revealed, that was released by BYU. And I looked at the offensive depth chart, and I was like, okay, you know, they got Jaron Hall. We already announced that. We knew that. Um, we know that their wide receivers are going to be a problem. Gunnar Romney's 6'3". Neil Pau is 6'4". Uh, the Nakua brothers, Puka and Samson, are like 6'2", 6'3". Like, they're, like all their receivers are, are big, big receivers. They're going to be a problem, no doubt. Their tight ends are huge. You know, we know, we know that they're going to be a big team uh, when we go up against them. Their left tackle is like 6'9". Like, he's huge. He's also, I mean, he's young, but he's massive. Um, so they're going to be a, a big team to contend with uh, for the Wildcats defense. Then I looked at the BYU defensive depth chart, and I was like, gosh, that's a really big chart. And then I started looking. I'm like, what are these positions? I'm like, look at this. I go, the BYU depth chart has more defensive positions than the Maginot line. Fifteen. Uh, they expect to play them all? Split end, defensive end, tackle, nose, outside end. Jack, Flash, Mike, Rover, Cinco, Nickel. Strong safety, free safety, corner, corner. What in the hell are they doing? Like, what is all this? <laughs> like, there's 15 different positions on this defensive depth chart. I've never seen this before. I've seen, I've seen 12 before. I've seen 12, um, but I have not seen 15. And I don't know what Jack Flash, Mike Rover, Cinco are. Why? Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know what this is. I mean, I, you know, defense corner is playing games. But I, what I can tell you is I see a lot of S-O and F-R on the list. And if you know what that is, you know those are freshers and sophomores. Look, we know that BYU is a young team. We know that they have less experience than any other P5, uh, P5 uh, school or P5 equivalent, if you will, uh, because they're not in a conference, whatever. Uh, they have the least amount of returning experience of any P5 school in the country this year. That's going to be an advantage for Arizona. Arizona's a very experienced team as far as, you know, as far as class goes, class association goes, seniors and uh, red shirts and such. BYU on the opposite end of that. They, they, they don't return that many starters. They don't return that many uh, veteran players. They're a very, very young team, very talented team, but a very young team. And that, again, uh, as I mentioned, will play in the favor of Arizona coming up this Saturday. So we'll, and look, we're going to get even deeper into that. I just thought it was interesting. Like I'm like, what? Like what is this? Like, is this the 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 German defense line of the Maginot line? Like what is going on? How many defensive positions can you have? <laughs> Fifteen of them. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, George Klyavkov, commissioner of the Pac-12, says that uh, uh, 57,000 tickets have been sold for Saturday's game. We'll talk about that and Arizona's history with BYU in Las Vegas in the past. We'll talk about that coming up next. ESPN Tucson and Tucson Appliance are looking for the next big radio star. We need your help narrowing down the top ten, folks. Go to ESPNTucson.com. Click on the link. You'll see the, the videos right there. You can watch the videos, and you can vote for the person that you believe would be the best addition as a weekly guest host on a phone segment with Spears and Ali. 
If you're a contestant, make sure you go tell your friends and tell them to vote daily. The top ten contestants will be posted on Tuesday, September 7th, and then you'll have a chance to vote for the grand prize winner. Vote now at daily at ESPNTucson.com. A star is born on ESPN Tucson, brought to you by Tucson Appliance, only at Tucson Appliance, where our low prices are your priority. It's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Oh, Internet. So good. So funny. So inventive. I mean, most of the time I roll my eyes reading Twitter. I'm... uh, if I'm on Twitter for an hour, for 59 minutes, I'm rolling my eyes, trying not to gag myself with a spoon. That's a very 80s term, by the way. Showing my age there. Uh, but uh, right now, the Internet is having a splash party with the news of Cam Newton being released <laughs> by the New England Patriots. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, there's like a million tweets already about Bishop Sycamore and Cam Newton and, oh, my God. It's getting out of hand, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is why this is why I do what I do, and those people on the internet do what they do. I can't I can't do that. I can't do what they do. They can't do what I do, and uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's entertaining, but I'll give I'll give them that much, and then later in the day I'll just be rolling my eyes again. I'm sure. Now uh, we're at the end of this uh, this first hour, so I'll carry it over into the next uh, the next hour because it's that quick uh, that quick top of the hour break. But George Klyavkov tweeted that uh, fifty seven thousand tickets were sold for Saturday's game in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium versus BYU. Now I you know look I, I'm I'm not pretending to believe that this is going to be an Arizona crowd. Um, Arizona they 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 travel really well for basketball. We'll put it that way. We travel really well for basketball. Football, not so much. BYU, however, does travel really well for football. Very rabid fans coming off a big season. And look, BYU is in, that's like their second home is Vegas. They're constantly playing bowl games in Vegas. They play a lot of games in Las Vegas. They know Vegas very, very well. So it got me thinking of the last time the Wildcats played BYU in Las Vegas. I don't know if y'all were there, if many of you remember but it was the 2008 Pioneer Las Vegas Bowl. And, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an experience that I'll never forget. We'll just put it that way. An experience that I will never, ever forget. The Wildcats were bowl eligible, eligible for the first time since they beat Nebraska in the 98 Holiday Bowl during the uh, near the end of the, the Tomy era. It had been 10 years since the Wildcats were bowl eligible. So they're going to a bowl game. Mike Stoops has got the team going to a bowl game. The, the city's in a tizzy, okay? They win six games. You know, Arizona's six and five. Everybody's going nuts. Like, yes, everybody's celebrating. It was a fun time in Tucson. People went in droves to Las Vegas. I was in Vegas for the game. I had tickets. I had tickets and I had a credential for the game because I wanted to get, you know, credentialed for it just so that I could do some media stuff while I was there. <laughs> so, uh, and then like three days before, like the biggest blizzard in the history of Las Vegas dumps like eight inches of snow on the city. It was insane. My buddy that lives out there showed me a picture of his front door like two days before the game, and th- it was it was piled all the way up to the doorknob. Like I'm like, what in the hell is going on? 
We get there to the stadium. We get to the Silver Bowl, which is not a, a great venue, by the way, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. And there's there's snow piled up on the field. The bleachers are completely covered in ice. It's like 36 degrees at 5 o'clock in the afternoon when I got to the stadium. And I'll never forget it. I took I used my my media credential. I went up into the media office to collect some to, to you know to collect some booklets and things like that, some programs and some media guides and whatnot, so that I could just take it with me and just have them, um, you know, just for momentous you know purposes and you know all that kind of stuff. And so I'm sitting there and I'm I'm eating because you know the media gets the, the meal. So I'm sitting there and I hear, hey, uh, uh, mind if I sit down next to you? And I was like, sure, no problem. And I look and David Hasselhoff sits down. And I'm like, what What are you doing here? I was like, Hoff, what are you doing here? Now, remember, that was the same year that David Hasselhoff was sending out, like, uh, like you know, um, vines and stuff like that. Like his daughter was attending. And David Hasselhoff was in the student section at Arizona Games for a couple of games. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? He sits down next to me. I start talking to him. He's like, I'm actually singing the national anthem tonight. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> The story gets better. I'm going to have to continue this story because we're up against the break. Uh, but the good thing is, it's only a quick two-minute little break here at the top of the hour, as we always do here, going from the 7 o'clock to the 8 o'clock hour. So stay tuned. In a couple minutes, we'll be right back, and I'll continue my David Hasselhoff Las Vegas Bowl story coming up in the next hour, including a whole bunch of other stuff coming up as well, Major League Baseball, NFL News and Notes, and more Wildcat football talk. Stick around. It's the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson. KMXC HD4 Tucson.